You're listening to the Bromsgrove Standard Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Very warm welcome to this week's Bromsgrove and Droitwich Standard Podcast. Now, we've had Christmas, we've had New Year, hopefully you're all busy in the gyms uh, burning all that off, Um, but there is still some festive fun to be had. Not least at the Norbury Theatre in Droitwich, which this week um, the annual pantomime gets underway. Dick Whittington and his cats. And with me today, I've got Jack Gandhi and Lauren Bow, who are two stars of the show. So how's the rehearsals been going? Yeah, they've been going really well, thank you. Uh, we've been rehearsing since September, so we're ready for an audience now, finally. But yeah, it's been going good. Yeah, we, uh, we just finished our second dress rehearsal yesterday. Um, Little bits of things that we need to pick up on and a few more ad-libs that can get added in here and yeah. there just to make it a bit more fun. But yeah, going really well. And you've got the um, the technical as well. When's that? When's your tech? We, uh, we finished that on Sunday. So no. we are so just straight ready for an audience now. Brilliant. And I bet you're itching to just get out there. We can't you? wait. The good thing about pantos and any kind of theatre show is that they kind of evolve, don't they? Because you start off doing something and then, and then something will happen by accident or by chance mm-hmm. and, uh, and you think, oh... That'll get a laugh, or, or it gets a laugh yeah. on the opening night or what have you, and then you leave it in for the rest of the run. Yeah, we've been doing that quite a lot, actually. <laughs> but it always catches us off guard when we're on stage, so then we're all laughing about it as well. But, yeah, I think it's going to be good when we've added all them bits in. And, of course, the trick is to make it look like it's happened accidentally yeah. as well <laughs> over the following performances. Now, have you been in, you've been in the previous one? Yeah, you I've, the previous uh, one? I've the, we both were in the previous part yeah. as well. Because so. what I couldn't work out is... It seems like there's more dates this time. Are there more dates than normal? No, I think this is, is still, yeah, still the same amount. Because it's same over three issue. weeks, so you've got no excuse not to see <laughs> this. The opening night's Friday, isn't it? Because Thursday's been yeah, cancelled. So Friday night is the opening performance, 7.30pm at the Norbury. But when I looked on the website, I don't think there were many tickets left for that. So I think, I think no, your early dates are uh, pretty much sold out. Yeah. So you've got Friday the 10th, and then you've got Saturday um, and... It's Saturday the, uh, this week. It's a seven thirty pm, and then there's also a Sunday matinee. We have there? a Saturday matinee and a Saturday well, and a yeah. Sunday matinee. Yeah. So there's loads there. You're going to be busy, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You're the Saturday leave. matinees are pretty much sold out as well. So if you need the afternoon tickets, you need to get them quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, as personally, I don't actually. I, I'm not that keen on the uh, the matinees as a person. That's just me. I know people love them and stuff. Purely because um, I think you know my view is that a lot of the time pantos more for adults isn't it and you get you yeah. get more hearty laughs in the evenings with all the double entendre and innuendos Definitely. Uh, so I do. and what I always do is I try and uh, you know I always uh, it's, it's probably quite good like this as well because if the first week's um, more or less you know pretty much sold then um, then it will have evolved even more I mean you'll probably be doing a lot of different things the following week from, from putting stuff in that, that you had before yeah most likely. Anything that gets a laugh or any little ad-lib, we'll keep that in for the show and note down the script when we get back to <laughs> Definitely. So you've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday this uh, week. Then the following um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, isn't it? It's 16th, 17th, 18th. And then 23rd, 24th, 25th. And then also there's the matinees at the weekends. Basically, just go on the website because it's, yeah. it's very hard to describe <laughs> in, in an audio podcast exactly where all the, all the runs are. So how many panthers have you done now? Um, oh, I've done quite a lot, um, probably about four or five now, but yeah, I moved back to Droitwich last year, so I was in the one last year, and then this one as well, so two since I've moved back. Because we must say about Lauren, she's, she's quite big in Droitwich and the surrounding areas, aren't you? Because 
I'd, I'd known the name, but I'd never met you. And um, there are, I think there was, um, I can't remember what festival it was. Was it something with the Gardener's Arms? Was it the Salt Fest? Did you perform at Salt Fest? Yeah, probably. You performed at loads of festivals. <laughs> and uh, what kind of music do you normally do? Um, so I actually work as a songwriter now. So I write, um, I write pop music, dance music, and I also write Korean pop music, which is really weird. But yeah, so I work for a few different publishing companies and... Yeah, and I sing on them as well. So. Well, they say if you do a job that you enjoy, you never work a day in your life. True, very true. But I suppose uh, I, I suppose the biggest problem is the writer's block, isn't it? Do you ever suffer with that? I don't actually get that that badly. We better touch some wood, I think. Yeah, let's touch some wood just in case. You don't want that I get happening. it, but usually I get like briefs and stuff to tell me what to write about, so... That's kind good. of inspires So you me. are carving out a lovely career in the music industry, which yes. is no mean feat. Pardon? Which is no mean feat, isn't it? Yeah, it's not I an know. easy task to do. Not at all. So that's good. And um, how does Alice um, Fitzwarren compare with your previous roles? Is this the biggest role you've played? Or? Um, yeah, so last year I did Sing Sing in Aladdin, so she was like the princess's best friend. But this is the first time at the Norbury that I've done like the lead girl part. Um, and it's really good because she's kind of really sassy and... She's just the cool character to play. Like, I think out of all the pantos, it's definitely one of the best um, female leads that you can get. So. Are you quite sassy in real life, or is it... Uh... I tried to be. <laughs> there we go. So that's that. If, just in case people don't know the... Uh, I mean, the, the beauty of panto is you know the story pretty much, don't you? Yeah. Whether it's Jack and the Beanstalk, Cinderella, um, or any of the others. Um, so Dick Whittington and his cat centres on, obviously, hero Dick, um, which obviously gives you a lot of scope for a double entendre <laughs> before we've even started. Um, and he hears that the streets of London are paved with gold. You could probably relate to that, having worked down south in the last... <laughs> definitely uh, yeah, not paved with gold. Well, he finds that out as well. So he heads off down to London and he picks up um, a stray cat which we can all, you know, we'd all, we all love a stray cat. Uh, we do a lot for the Blue Cross. Blue Cross pen on me now. Um, and, yeah, and, of course, London has been sieged by King Rat and his ratlings. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, a cat is the best thing to uh, combat that. And then you've got your fairy bow bells and uh, against King Rat. So you always have the one, the goody comes on stage left as we look at it, doesn't it? And the buddy comes on the stage right. And have you got lots of pyrotechnics and stuff? We've not got a lot of pyrotechnics in it this year, actually. A lot of very, very good lighting effects, though, with the, the new lighting rig that the Norbury's put in recently. Yeah. Um, so the lighting is fantastic. The sound is unbelievable. Great songs as well that we've got yeah. put in. I'm quite pleased, actually, about the uh, about not so much pyrotechnics because mm. it can scare the living down. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after, like, you know, a festive season of overindulgence <laughs> when your heart's probably not in the best yeah. shape. You do not want big bangs and flashes to uh, scare the living down, I'll tell you. So, Jack, how have you, what kind of roles have you played in the past? Um, so, I've been part of uh, theatre now since I was about 15. Uh, it was, what, about seven, year, seven eight years now? Yeah. Um, I started off in the, in the youth theatre, uh, worked my way up to, um, I got the lead in Sweeney Todd. Um, and then after that, I started doing pantomimes. So, the first one I did was Beauty and the Beast, where I was Dandy, uh, not Dandini, yeah. Uh, what's the one? Jock, that was the one. Um, just, again, Prince's Mate. Year after, I was in Cinderella, where I was Dandini, which, again, Prince's Mate. Uh, then I had a year off. Last year, I was Abanaza in Aladdin. So that was... A, That's that, a big part, Yeah, isn't that it? was ace. That was brilliant to get to play the villain. Um, and then this year, I'm Idle Jack, which is, again... Well, it's not really Dick's, Dick Whittington's mate, but the sort of second yeah. principal male again. Uh, the sort of comedy role. Um, which I really do quite like playing, but I feel like I'm getting typecast now. Well, it's a somewhat rude question, but 
Are you anything like Idle Jack in real life? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, hopefully not for the acting, because otherwise uh, you're going to be in trouble come the opening night. Uh, so hopefully you've put the work in there. Um, and I remember, because I've got a soft spot for Dick Whitting things, I was in it myself. Oh, okay. um, but uh, a few years ago, All and Sundry, um, yeah. the um, Paul Vollens, um, who's since passed away, he created All and Sundry. And he always had a guest role. And uh, he said to me, he said, do you want to guess, do you want to be a walk-on? And I avoided it for years. And then he said, right, you're going to be in this one. And he said, why don't you, um, here's the script. He said, you write, because I write a, a play as myself. He said, here's the script, write yourself a, a spoof part of your job. So I came up with this guy called Ray Porter, with like a newspaper, <laughs> Ray Porter. And I was basically going on, and when the dame was going... Um, they're digging up the roads again. And all that. I'd come on and go, what are you going to do, man? Are you going to write your MP? Are you going to chain yourself to some railings and stuff? And I'd do like a spoof version of a newspaper report. So that was quite good. And do you know what? My biggest fear was, because obviously in Panto, the great thing about it is, is whatever role you're in, you all have to do the chorus and you all have to learn the dance routine yeah. and stuff, don't you? And we had to do Reach for the Stars by S Club 7 <laughs> and learn the dance routine. And I was petrified. And do you know, on the last night, the last night, I was really quite sad, actually. Even with the dance routine, that yeah. I didn't mind the acting, but even with the dance routine, that uh, uh, I was just really quite sad because that's the only worst thing about being a, in, in a production, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Especially for three weeks. I mean, it, it's just... I had a real sense of doom and gloom after, you know, yeah. when you've, cause you've, you've been working for months yeah. up to this point, you've delivered a load of shows, and then it's just such a bad come down, isn't it? Yeah. You, you become like a family with, with the cast yeah. and directors, especially with, with Joe and Gordon. They're, they're fantastic. They just become your parents. Yeah, they're at they're the theatre. So um, and obviously, like you say, you know, it's not just a three-week show. We've been, we've been doing this since September now yeah. um, for twice a week. And then for the past two months, we've been doing it three times a week. So it's just, you, you know, you know I, I, see the, I see the panto a lot more than I see my own family. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll rectify that after the end of Most the likely. Well, you might have no excuse then. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's it. Have you got a big final night party planned as well? I hope so. Most likely. Not yet, but there definitely will <laughs> something be something. Will there you go. <laughs> Probably head over to the old cock. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great, a great pub as well. Great there. Pub. there you are, yeah, with the old cock. <laughs> Dick, and, Dick Whittington in the old cock is, you yeah, know, <laughs> who won't even go there. Um, have you ever wanted to play the dame? Because that's on my bucket list, you know. And I did accidentally mention that to the Norbury, and they said, we, we can sort that out for you. <laughs> I've got to obviously clear a few months to, to, yeah. to, to rehearse yeah. and stuff, which is very difficult with my busy lifestyle, but I do want to do that. What about yourself? 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a role I definitely want to get into at some point. Not just yet. I feel like maybe 22 is a bit young for a dame. But yeah. at some point in the in the near future, makeup and stuff. Yeah, I I, I do. I definitely <laughs> want to do it. It's such a good role. But the the, the dame we've got this year, Tom, he's absolutely oh, fantastic. He's so yeah. funny. He's unbelievably good. He's brilliant with the audience. Even though we, even we with not having one, he's already yeah. doing ad libs with himself more than anything. Yeah. But he's, yeah. he's fantastic. It's an amazing. I could just imagine it, like you know, doing that because I do stand up. Mm. So uh, yeah. it, it does see it, it does seem like a natural fit for me to, to do that in the future. So I've always and I, and I just love it. It's, it's very hard when you're reviewing because obviously I review the the pantos. It's very hard to look past the dame a lot of the time. Yeah. Although I've just mm-hmm. recently seen um, Snow White at Birmingham. Yeah, and. Um, Matt Slack was the he was he outshone the dame but I think he's kind of like he's been there for many a year now and he, he always has that main role but I just love the some people it's a bit marmite isn't it for some you know theatre types it's like oh I don't do panto mm. it's ridiculous yeah but 
I love it, I do. It's, it's a genre yeah. I just really love and I've really enjoyed. And I'll just go to as many as I can through the festive season. The other thing as well is, do you find it... It's, it's quite weird, isn't it, doing a panto after Christmas? Have you ever done a panto yeah. before Christmas? so I did some... I did yeah. All and Sundry when I was younger. I did yeah. Babes in the Word. Yeah. And, um, and then I did a couple of others after that, and they were always before Christmas. So when I first started at the Norbury, I was like, this is so strange it that does, it's it, after Christmas. It's a weird feeling and stuff. But and I suppose the other thing is, is as well, with, with the pantos before Christmas, you can end it with Winter Wonderlands or, yeah. you know, or it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas or, or something. Whereas afterwards, you've got to kind of keep it like that. I noticed when the, when the Birmingham one um, did it, there was no real mention of Christmas because obviously yeah. that runs till February the 2nd. I think it? that's the so, same as yeah. ours, actually. We don't really mention no, but Christmas. But it does free us up to use some more, more popular songs. You know, we've got, yeah. we've got some Pharrell Williams, we've got some Queen, we've got some, you know, yeah. we've got a lot of really good different type of music that you wouldn't get at most other pantomimes, especially in the in the area. Yeah. So are there any bits that you dread then? Are there any, like, you must have weaknesses. It's not that we dread, but there's this one part where, um, I don't want to spoil it, but we're all just having to try really hard not to laugh on stage because every single time yeah. we're all just crack up and, like, it's so hard to try and, like, not courts on stage. But I think that's going to be even harder when there's an audience because, obviously, they're going to be laughing as well, so we're just going to have to try our best to keep a straight face, I think. <laughs> I'm sure you can manage. I'm sure you're professional enough now with all your, your background. What about you, Jack? Any bit you're dreading? Um, I've got uh, I've got one monologue that I keep messing the I keep getting the lines all messed up, and even 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 the, through the dress rehearsals, it's just been all over the place. But you know, I'm sure it'll be fine on the night. I did funny you should say that because when my final line in the panto when I created that reporter, I thought I'm going to give myself a challenge here, and it was let's see if I can remember the line. It was um, finally because obviously they get married. Uh, you know, I won't spoil it. Obviously, you know, the, uh, <laughs> I've spoiled it now. If you have never seen Dick Whittington before, but there can't be many people who don't like who haven't seen Dick Whittington. And it was finally something positive in this panto to put me posh pen to. And I thought, one night I am going to mess that up. But I didn't. I managed to get my anything. I don't know. I... You'll, be in, uh, you'll be impressed with, uh, yeah. with, fit, with um, Mr. Fitzwarren's monologue that he's oh. got there. He's, everything starts with a P. And Big it's tongue just, twister. Oh, my gosh. I yeah, don't know how he does it. It's very impressive. It's very, <laughs> very impressive. I couldn't do it. I'd no, fall over myself. That's all good. And there's also the ship scene, isn't there? Yeah. But, uh, you're all going from one end of the stage yeah. to the other. That must be quite fun. That is. That is. I feel like I'm back in school again, you know, like when you used to play <laughs> yeah, on the playground. Yeah. That's what it feels like. But no, that's good. Remember, yeah, nobody falls off the stage. And the set's really the set is, good oh, this year. The, yeah. the, way, the way they've made the ship um, look, look almost real on stage, you know. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've got a big mast and everything going and it, it just looks amazing. And all the all the set our set designers Molly and Keely are absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, they? that's so and good. And stage manager Brian. Well, this is what you see. Sometimes I, I do a review, and uh, somebody will say, "You know, was it really that good?" And I said, like with the Norbring, with all and sundry, and I say, "You need to go." Like, I wish people yeah. would have been there. Yeah. Uh, you know, to see this because it was an amazing spectacle, and they're not going to believe I've put so many superlatives in. And, mm-hmm. and and for amateur dramatics and stuff, the yeah. standard of amateur dramatics around here, not just in Troy, which yeah. we have Bromsgrove, yeah, definitely, and um, uh, we've got the jigsaw players as well that do it in Trinity yeah. Centre. Um, there's just it's so many good people, and you. You can see watching that why the acting and singing and the music industry and entertainment industry is so tough because there's yeah, so many people out there. Definitely. So, Jack, what do you want to do in the future? Are you you're fairly young still as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I quite like having this as a as a hobby. It, it 
kind of relieves the pressure a bit that you know Lauren faces and trying to make a living from this. I can just turn up on my uh, turn up on my Tuesdays and Thursdays <laughs> and do what I need to do. But I run the uh, the Norbury Youth Theatre as well now as well. So so you could be doing, doing some directing in yeah. the future. Well, we uh, we just did uh, the Lady Killers and yeah. I was the assistant director for that with Anne Lane. Yeah. Uh, again, which but I mean, you could do some professional directing. In oh, in the future. I mean, if if someone if anyone's listening that wants an actor <laughs> or a director, I'm pretty good. <laughs> do you take my own horn? Always wondering where the next meal coming from yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think the, the thing with um, the guy who taught me stand up and Claire as well he said stand up's not that great for a living unless you're really unless you're Michael McIntyre or Lee yeah. Evans or someone but it can subsidise your living mm-hmm. yeah. so it's, it might be something like you get a full time job and then you can do a bit of extra work as well That's, do you know that we yeah. did a, years ago I did a feature on, on this couple from Bromsgrove and they'd been in like Casualty and The Bill and EastEnders and Coronation Street and they'd been in like hundreds of shows but nobody would have ever known who they were because mm. they're just drinking at the bar or yeah or in I a, do in I a do a lot of that do you do some extra so work I'm, as the, well? I'm the waitress on Doctors on BBC's oh, Doctors yeah, in the filmed. Icon Bar <laughs> so if anyone actually watches it <laughs> you'll just see well, me that's in the filmed by me because I live in uh, yeah, South Birmingham in Northfield so uh, yeah, yeah there's always and then I've done I was on Emmerdale um, last year I had like one line <laughs> it was like my starring role <laughs> um, but yeah that was so much fun that one it was really so is there any, outside of Panto and everything, is there any theatrical role that you would love to play? Because you said, obviously, like Sweeney Todd. That must have been a it dream play to Sweeney Todd. It, it's, uh, I, there's not many more roles that I've wanted no. other than that uh, from a young age. Well, um, the only bigger role in that probably is Mrs. Lover, and you can't, you can't really play that. No. Very male. Well, you could. It'd be, it'd be a different take on it, wouldn't it? A different take on it, indeed. But yeah, Sweeney, <laughs> Sweeney Todd was, was up there. But um, also uh, Javert in Les Mis would be, would yeah. be one, one for me that I'd like to do at some point. Yeah, I don't know. I think after doing a bit of TV work and stuff, I'd actually, alongside the music, if it was ever possible, I'd love to um, actually get like a part in a soap or something and do yeah. a bit more TV acting. That's I supposed to be theater, gruelling, though, isn't it? Pardon? That's supposed to be gruelling. Yeah. To so putting out however <laughs> it is. It's six is. or seven episodes a, a yeah, week. Yeah, they work really like, hard. The thing is, they, they, they go in these soaps for like 30 years on end. And you I think, know, God, yeah. you, must be, you must sit down afterwards and go... Obviously, yeah. obviously they don't all got massive storylines at the same no, time. Yeah. It just it just still amazes me. I mean, I can remember how I did it. I think um, I think I found when I was rehearsing, I I did I do a lot of swimming anyway, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'd swim up and down, do my lines in my head. I found yeah. that as a good way because it just it's incredible, especially with the, like you said about the monologues earlier. You look at them and you think, how the hell do they remember all? This? Yeah, well, a lot of the time they have their scripts literally on them till the very last second, and then. Yeah. They just tuck them away in their handbags or something and then they do the scene. But yeah, um, it's like long days though. It's like 12 hours days that they pretty much do all the time. What I love about the Norbury is that it is over three weeks because, you know, everybody's got busy lifestyles as well. And I've done it before where normally they're over a couple of weeks, aren't they, the normal productions. Mm. And I think, well, well, I can't go there. I'll try and get there for the first week because I know it's going to be beneficial to the theatre. And we love the Norbury Theatre. And... I always try and get there the first week so we can get that review up and get a few more bums on seats and stuff because, you know, so many people work so hard. I hate nothing more than to sit in a theatre when you're watching a production and there's just a handful of people and you look around and you think, more people needed to see this. This was a great show. I'm so sad that these people have put in the hard work, and especially when it's voluntary... And hardly anyone's seen this, so I always, I've always got a big, big loads of time for the um, uh, Amdram and theatre in general. 
we've got the first three. Uh, so, so you've got like three weeks worth, so there really is no excuse to see. And obviously as well, with Panto and with football matches as well, and in the same guys, the atmosphere is better when you've got packed, packed audiences. Yeah, yeah. So, But it looks like you've got off to a good start with the first week's ticket sales. I checked them out last night. Um, so hopefully, get yourself down to the Norbury Theatre. I can't speak highly enough. And anyone you've seen, Droitwich, Bromsgrove, Redditch, or anyone who's been to the Norbury Theatre to see a production by the Norbury Players will tell you what a great high standard it is. Um, so tickets are £12, £10 concessions, and they're available from the theatre. Um and at norburytheatre.co.uk or by calling 01905-770-154. That's 01905-770-154, norburytheatre.co.uk or from the theatre itself. So good luck with the run. Will you hang around and chat through some new stories with us as well? Yeah? yeah Happy sure. to do that? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I always bring that on. I should warn you about that before <laughs> I start. Okay. So that's um, that's the, um, just to confirm or just to remind you, that's Dick Whittington and his cats. Um, 14 performances across three weeks and starting this Friday, January the 10th. So get yourself to that. It promises to be a show and a half. Now, what I'm going to start at this, this year, Claire doesn't know about this, this is a surprise. Um, I thought we'd do some like charity shout-outs because there's so much good charities going on. And I thought if we do some quick-fire ones, then we can get people to actually email them in and then we can give mentions because we, we do write quite a bit of good good stories and charity stories each week and uh, i think these people should uh, should be praised and, and you know get a shout out so if you've got any shout outs for anyone we won't just keep it to charities we'll say any good deeds or accomplishments please email them through to editor at bromsgrovestandard.co.uk and editor at droitwichstandard.co.uk this is what we've got. Bumble Bimble Santa Dash. Talking about other things there. The Bumble Bimble Santa Dash was held in early December. 350 runners um, taking on a two, five or ten mile course. Raised to £5,651 for Parkinson's UK and Parkinson's UK, Bromsgrove and Redditch. So it's split between the two charities. Well done to everyone who took part in that and organised it. At the Cross Inn in Finstall, regulars raised £1,200 for the Primrose Hospice. Um, that story's just gone on our website this morning. There's a group called The Club at the Cross and they organise quizzes, events, trips, and they've got even more planned for 2020. So please pop into the crossing in Finstall and uh, find out about what's going on there. It raises funds for charity and you'll have a good time as well. Penguin Office Supplies in Bromsgrove generated £1,662 for the Corporate Charity Challenge. Um, they did a pound for Primrose. And this is the big thing of tw- 2019. I don't know yet what the big charity thing is going to be of t- 2019. A wing walk. Chris Hopkinson, he fair play to him, the director of Penguin Office, Office Supplies. He did a wing walk. Do you fancy that? Not well, you really. just basically <laughs> walk on the wing of a plane while it's in flights. I wouldn't describe myself as an adrenaline junkie, no. to say, to say well, the least. Well, yeah, Panto is East Court. That must yeah, be quite adrenaline well, fueled. I've been doing it for so long now, you kind of get used to it. I mean, obviously, you, yeah. you, you get your nerves, but you, yeah. you wouldn't be human if you didn't. But yeah, it's, it's second nature to us now, really, isn't it? Lauren, do you fancy the highs of a wing walk? I would say that I would do it, but then I know that when I get up there, I'd be like, ah, get me down. We could put you on a wing walk and see if you could perform some music up there. I don't think that would work. We could have the I mean, um, we could have a radio mic, and um, a long-range radio mic, and some speakers on the ground, obviously. Because if it was just on the aeroplane, it don't even, well, it'd be probably you wouldn't even yeah, hear it. Yeah, no one would hear me. Through, you know. <laughs> Wind beneath my wings. <laughs> um, Care Force, um, they've, this is not um, a charity shout-out yet. 
but it will be. Care Force have chosen HUK, Bromsgrove, Redditch and White Forest as their charity of the year. And that's for 2020. And they supported the Men in Shed scheme earlier this year. So they've been inspired to help Age in UK out there. So well done for that. Got some other news stories and we've got a bit of sports. And then it's Claire with the entertainment. So let's have a look at this. Did you know that dogs could give blood? No. No, nor did I. <laughs> a campaign's been launched to get more pet owners to register their dogs as blood donors. Clentills Vets, um, which has um, practices in Bromsgrove, Ruby and Hagley, want any dog owners to come forward. Um, so blood can be taken. It can be... Well, Basically, they get blood tested first to check that they're suitable for it. And then the details go on a register. And then it's basically for surgical procedures and complicated forms of medical treatments where if dogs suddenly lose a lot of blood, then they can just call up the owner in question, get the dog in and do a straight transfusion. Um, just like humans, there must be a sufficient period of time between donations, which is why it's important to have so many dogs on the register. Doesn't say about cats, you say. I'm a bit more of a cat person myself. Uh, in emergency situations, especially when time is critical, having a list of local dogs who can donate can literally save another dog's life. And I think we're all back that campaign. Mm-hmm. Blood, uh, dog blood donors must meet certain criteria they must be fit and healthy aged between one and eight and weigh more than 25 kilos and they must also have a good temperament obviously don't try and take blood <laughs> off an angry dog do you? that could be a nightmare <laughs> um, be relaxed in a veterinary environment I always struggle with that word be up to date with their vaccinations and have never travelled abroad so Sarah Mayle, the deputy head nurse at Clent Hills, said people don't always realise animals can um, give blood just like humans, but they can. So if you want to find out more about that, clenthillsvets.co.uk forward slash dog dash blood dash donors. But if you just put clenthillsvets.co.uk, you'll be able to click through to that. I am sure maybe like you could make a pact with your pet so that your dog will give the blood um, and then you'll go and give some human blood as well. Because that's a good thing to do in 2020. I must admit I've done it a couple of times. I need to get back there myself. Mm-hmm. Um, a Bromsgrove doctor um, who has helped develop a network of veteran-friendly NHS GP practices received an OBE in the Queen's New Year's Honours list. Now, I know we did this a week or so ago, but we haven't done a podcast since Christmas, have we? So fair play to Dr Jonathan Leach. He's a GP at Davenor House Surgery. He's been recognised for his services to general practice. He joined the surgery in 2009 after undertaking a military career, um, reaching the rank of colonel. Um, when he returns to civilian life, um, Dr. Leach, who's also the Joint Honorary Secretary of the Royal College of General Practitioners, he wanted to improve general practice and also dealing with current challenges and urgent care. And what he's done is he's set up a load of veteran armed forces, um, sorry, armed force veteran practices, and it started off in the West Midlands. Makes sense, that's where he's. And it was trialled there, then it was extended to Wessex, Yorkshire, and the Northeast, and now the Northwest are up next. 600 so far veteran friendly practices. And I think we know, we did a story last year about um, a practice in Droitwich that's already um, doing this. And obviously, with veterans, they've got different. Um, needs and doctors need to be, you know, probably, you know, they've got different challenges and stuff. And it's nice if, you know, these people have served their country and stuff that they can mm-hmm. can get the right treatment and the right approach. Um, he also uh, trains other GPs and health professionals, make sure they're better equipped to meet the needs of veterans, and he offers advice to neighbouring surgeries. The good news is the veteran helping element is now on the GP curriculum. So all general practitioners being trained from now on will now learn about how to treat veterans and um, pitfalls and challenges. Um, and the another interesting thing about Dr. 
Jonathan Leach, is he's an expert with post-traumatic stress syndrome. And he works with the emergency services, car crash victims, serious crime victims, and others. Now, he was quite surprised, as you'd expect, from his um, OBE. And he said he was totally stunned, surprised, and humbled to receive the award. And he wants to thank his, pa- thank his patients, family, and friends. Now, I'm not going to go in. I have talked quite a lot about him, but I have convinced him to be a podcast guest in the next few weeks. So we'll be looking forward to speaking to Dr. Leach. From Dr. Leach, we go to Dr. Who. See what I did there? Nicely done. It's not just thrown together, this programme, you know. And are you fans of Dr. Who? I used to be a big fan of Dr. Who. Yeah, same. I used to be, but I haven't watched any of the newer episodes, unfortunately. Me neither. Well, you need to watch the last two, well, not so much the last two for yourselves, could you? Uh, But um, the last two episodes, the one Sunday just gone, and the one before, had a baddie in it called um, Daniel Barton. He was the baddie facing Doctor Who and Playboy, Sir Lenny Henry, great actor. Um, and he was from, he grew up on a council estate in Bromsgrove, apparently, the, chat, the character. Mm. So that was the fictional thread there. And people were taking to Twitter, oh, I can't believe Bromsgrove's got a mention in Doctor Who. It's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Judy Sutherland wrote, if you're watching Doctor Who, you know the evilest man in the world comes from Bromsgrove. <laughs> Rachel May tweeted, and while I'm at it, the joy I felt hearing Bromsgrove exists in Doctor Who's universe was marvellous. <laughs> and I know all towns and cities exist in that world, but actually hearing a shout-out was great fun. Uh, even the chairman of Worcester County Council, Peter Tomlinson, who's from Droidwich. Uh, he um, reveled in the local reference. Um, Daniel Barton, played by Lenny Henry, comes from Bromsgrove. And then there was a cheeky one um, from former Home Secretary Jackie Smith, who said, um, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't got that bit on here. Um, but she said something along the lines of, Oh, the evilest man in, the evilest man in the university is from Bromsgrove. We always knew that in Redditch. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. If you want to see those um, episodes, bbc.co.uk forward slash iPlayer to catch up with the episodes. Now, before we go um, to the sports, who's your um, influences? And oh, that's the question I forgot to ask there. Mm. And with the Doctor Who here, the, a reference here, have you got any influences or people that you look up to, people you'd like to emulate in your career? It's Taylor Swift because... Oh, fantastic, oh, isn't I just, she? Yeah, I know people have different opinions on no, her, but I, I oh like. my gosh, I'm a huge fangirl. Like, it's next level. Um, and then acting would probably be Reese Witherspoon because I love her in Legally Blonde, which they're also doing at the Norbury this year. So there we there are. There's a... An exclusive, it probably isn't yeah. exclusive, it's probably on the website, isn't it? Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll call it an exclusive. Um, so yeah, Taylor Swift, I bought her Christmas album last year. It'd been out a few years, I, I, mm-hmm. that had passed me by, because I'm Christmas mad, and I've got an MP3 player for my daily life, which has got all my stuff on, my favourite band, like Bare Naked Ladies, got all them on, the Beatles stuff, got all that on there. Um, but I've got a Christmas MP3 player with like 300 songs, all just different Christmas versions, and <laughs> I bought the Taylor Swift one last year, and it was fantastic. And I love Wildest Dreams, and we're oh, never getting back together her. and I'm shake it off. Fan. And oh, I managed to win. My mum, I, I tried so hard to win tickets to a concert. I think it was last year. And then my mum won two tickets the day before her concert. And I cried. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I'm a bit of a loser like You that, might be bigger than Taylor Swift one day. Well, we can dream. Who knows? <laughs> we Who knows? Dream. Get yourself down the bookies and put that on. I wonder what odds you'll get. And any um, 
idols and emulations for you? Who would you like uh, to be like? I, I like my old school actors, um, Surya McKellen, Anthony Hopkins, that kind of era. Like Silence of the Lambs is one of my one of my favourite films. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, actors like those are fantastic. I mean, anything Ian McKellen's touched is gold. So. so do you prefer being on the evil side or the good side? Evil, 100%, every time. First role I ever did was uh, Sheriff of Nottingham in year four at Omersley, <laughs> Omersley First School. So, yeah, and then uh, in Westacre, I had to double role as Sheriff and Fry Tuck one night with, when Lauren was uh, made Marion. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been doing this, we've been in the game a while now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and you're both so young. <laughs> yeah, evil, evil over good every single time in, on, in, on stage. It's so much more fun. And also, as well, when they meet you afterwards, they'll say, Oh, he was such a nice guy. I don't know how he played that. He's such a good actor because he's so lovely in real life. Let's have a look at the sports. Um, Bromsgrove, well, both Bromsgrove and Droitwich, what can we say? Bromsgrove Sporting are second in the league. Um, they've already had three promotions back-to-back. They're doing ever so well. Um, they're now... Um, I mean, they were... Um, Redditch were always the team in Worcestershire. Um, and we're killing the Harriers, obviously. But then Redditch were always better, bigger than Bromsgrove. Now, Bromsgrove are second in the division. And... Um, Redditch are bottom I'm not revelling in that I'm just, just pointing it out Bromsgrove 4-2 against Biggles Wade last week um, a Taylor made performance you could say Mikey Taylor got two goals and Tommy Taylor got one um, I might never be able to use that pun each again so I'll probably get that in other scorer was Richard Gregory who's since been named player of the month Bromsgrove Sporting it doesn't get much bigger than this weekend if you are free on Saturday please get yourself down to the Victoria ground let's see what kind of attendances we can get down there second place Bromsgrove Sporting host league leaders Tamworth Tamworth are on 47 points Bromsgrove Sporting are on 45 and I know Tamworth have got three games in hand but they've still got to win them um, so, but if Bromsgrove could win on Saturday they will go top or be probably just provisionally until Tamworth play their games but what a massive game three o'clock Victoria Grand Saturday Sporting are unbeaten in nine games the last three league games have scored four they beat Alfchurch 4-1 Starbridge 4-1 and Biggleswade 4-2 as I said last weekend so Bromsgrove Sporting the Rouselers are roaring get yourself down there and um, show your support and hopefully in a few months time we could be celebrating a fourth promotion in as many years and there'll only be a couple of steps off the football league then so Bromsgrove will be fantastic Droitwich Bar of course we keep saying they've got permission now for this stadia pitch um, which will be coming soon they're still playing at Starbridge um, Starport 7 at the moment are you into football Jack? yeah I am of the spa of the spa (laughs) of the salt man well did you hear about last night what happened last night I haven't heard about last night no unfortunately oh you're not going to believe this Droitwich Spa are top of the table that's fine and they've got three games in hand over the rest of them so they're in the opposite situation to Bromsgrove with regards to games in hand but they were beating Seek Hunters 2-0 last night Um, goals from James James Lemon and Matthew Hunt and the game was abandoned through floodlight value with 13 minutes to go. Oh, not ideal. And they, did, they were doing well because I was checking out the uh, fixtures and they had three matches postponed throughout December because obviously this time of year is really dodgy at this level with waterlogged pitches and stuff. Um, Droitwich even so, they're unbeaten in seven games since the Cup defeat to Lytown on November the 2nd and of course Lytown were a much um, higher place club. Saltman had three games um, postponed in December. They haven't played in almost a month so last night would have been sweet if they could have got a win. Um, I don't know what happens with that. We'll have to check that out whether they get given the game because there's only 30 minutes to go or will they make them replay the whole game. I've got a funny nasty feeling it's going to be the latter. So Droitwich haven't played for a month, so it would have been good last night to have um, have that victory. Um, tomorrow they've got Willenhall Town, 
at home. And that's three o'clock as well. So get yourself down there if you're from Droomish. And also, um, they've got Old Wolfroonians. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, they're in second place. Droomish have got three games in hand over them. Um, so Droomish is going all guns blazing. And let's hope that we get wins for Droomish and Bromsgrove this weekend. And then we can tell you all about them next week. Claire, it's a big thank you first and foremost, sorry, for um, Lauren and Jack for coming in. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been fun. It's been good. So you've got to do more theatre now in the future or release more songs or do more things, (laughs) so then you can come back on the podcast. (laughs) So good luck to everybody at the Norbury Players um, for the run of um, the Panto, Dick Whittington and his cat. It goes for three weeks. Tickets are £12, £10 concessions available from the theatre directly, norbertheatre.co.uk or 01905 154. And talking of theatre and all things live eventy, let's go across now to Claire, who's got the entertainment news. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's On Gate. Yes, my name is Claire Bullivant and I'm here to give you a few ideas of fun things to do this weekend in Bromsgrove, Droitwich and the surrounding areas. You've just heard two of the wonderful Panto stars on the podcast and it sounds like it's going to be a fabulous show. Dick Whittington and his cat, the pantomime, is now on at the Norbury Theatre in Droitwich. So it starts this weekend and there are various performances running until the 25th. Most performances start at 7.30pm but if you're a daytime pantomime goer, like you've got young children and you need to go during the daytime, you're looked after too as there are also some Saturday and Sunday matinee performances performances starting at 2.30pm. So there's no excuse not to go and see it. Oh no, there isn't. (laughs) You can find out all the details and book your tickets on their website, which is norbreetheatre.co.uk. Then other top picks for the weekend are the Johnny Cash Roadshow. You've got to go and see this, especially if you're a Johnny Cash fan. This is the Man in Black tour, and it's all happening at the Artrix on Friday evening. This year, it's the award-winning Clive John, and he's paying homage to Cash's career as the Man in Black, with all the hits such as Walk the Line, Ring of Fire, Boy Named Sue, alongside some of the darker, more atmospheric songs like Rusty Cage, The Man Comes Around, and hurt every cash song is just amazing it's going to be one fantastic evening's entertainment get your tickets 8 p.m on friday at the artrix then on saturday morning that's the 11th of january if you're feeling kind and helpful we've got something that we would love you to get involved with it's the community litter pick happening at fairfield village hall in fairfield on Saturday morning, 10.30am start there. Just turn up, wear something warm and and some comfortable shoes. You'll be given all the equipment you need. Just meet at the Village Hall at 10.30 and all will be explained. What a great way to start the weekend and what a lovely thing to do. Then on Saturday evening, have you ever been on a pub crawl? Well, I have, and let me tell you, it was one of the best nights of my life. There's so much fun, and if you fancy going on a pub crawl, there is a free weekly pub crawl happening at the, the Golden Cross. Well, starting at the Golden Cross on, in Bromsgrove on Saturday evening. Just meet at the Golden Cross Bar at 7pm on Saturday and wear something purple. And if you see any other people wearing purple, say hello and introduce yourselves because you're all going to be part of the same pub crawl team 
group? I don't know. What do you call pub crawl groups? But you're all going to be part on doing the same pub crawl. It's going to be a real fun, what a laugh and a great way to meet people too. So that's 7pm at the Golden Cross Bar on Saturday evening and wear something purple. Or if music is more your thing, the Glaston Beely Music Quiz is happening once again on Saturday, this time at Blackwell Social Club. 84 Linthurst Newtown is the address for you in Blackwell, and it will be all the usual shenanigans, including the legendary sing-along round and raffle. 7.30pm start there, and it will be loads of fun. Also on Saturday night, this sounds like my kind of thing, actually. It's an American troubadour songs and stories show happening at the Artrix. And this is Alistair Sherwood, who pays tribute to the inspiring lyrics and melodies of the American troubadours from 1968 to 1978, featuring songs by artists such as Bob Dylan, Simon and Garfunkel, Leonard Cohen, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, John Denver, all the greats. 8pm in the studio at the Artrix on Saturday evening. Hopefully you'll find some options of things you'd like to do this weekend in town. If you do have something going on, remember to let us know here at The Standard so we can let everyone know. Obviously, we don't have enough time on this podcast to talk about everything. So do check out the full listings which are in this week's paper on our website, on our social media channels. And have a great week, everyone. Back to you, Tristan. Thanks, Claire. Loads going on in Bromsgrove, Ruby and Droitwich this week. All that's left to say really is have a great week. But before we do that, if you want to come on this podcast, if you think we've got an issue that we need to take up for the podcast or the paper or the website, um, then please get in touch. Editor at bromsgrovestandard.co.uk or editor at droitwichstandard.co.uk. Our websites are out there as well. We've got daily updates. And please, 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 if you're not already, follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We've got daily updates on the sites and obviously the papers come out on the Fridays. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, so if you've got any ideas for things or if you want this new charity shout out or good deed shout out if you know someone who deserves a mention on this podcast please please get in touch have a lovely week i don't think i was hoping for some snow i love snow and i love winter and we haven't got any it's so mild out there so maybe we'll get some snow in the future but um it's looking all right at the moment the weather all that's left to say have a fantastic week whatever you're doing and we'll reconvene next time (laughs) 